want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. We would really love it too if you would subscribe, rate, review, and share this online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give. We hope you enjoy the message today. Hey, you came back. Last week was our kickoff message to a new series we're in called What Does a Good Life Look Like? Now, some of the things we covered last week is, is this. One, a lot of us don't, we grew up in a family that didn't ever ask this question. And we never got the answers. Um, so the same thing is, is a lot of us didn't know that you could expect a good life and this is kind of a new thing for a lot of people. Other people sit back and go, hey, we're living a pretty good life. But my question is, is what, does a, what does a good life look like compared to God's good life? And so there's some tension in this question because a lot of it can be based on opinion. Um, if you ask one person, what does a good life look like? You're going to get a different answer than maybe the last person you asked. But to make sure that we're all on the same page, what we've all come here today for, okay? And it's, by the way, the very thing that we come every week for is not to get somebody's opinion, not to get somebody's advice, but to take a look at God's wisdom and to pr- apply it to our life. And, and the example that we have from last week is Proverbs really speaks to us about this Hebraic word called chukmah, okay? And, and, and to make it where I'm not spitting on everybody, we call it chukmah, okay? And chukmah, from what we talked about last week, is this thread in life about how God put the universe together, okay? When people think of God's creation of the universe, of everything that we see around us, we, we just kind of think that he just spoke it and it, it blew up and it, it just works. But God made everything with his word. And his word is woven through everything that God created. Which, by the way, is everything. Okay, And that chukmah is the wisdom It's not just creation. It's not just wisdom. It's his word woven through everything. And it's all the above. It is his creation. It is his wisdom. It is his word. And it's in you. And it's in me. And it's in the way things operate. And Proverbs is probably one of the best books in the Bible to stop and pause and look at this chukmah woven through everything and God's way of telling his people, this is the wisdom of how I built the universe. And if you do it my way, there are good things that come out of it. Okay, So that's what we're trying to do with this series. What does a good life look like? Not based on opinion, but based on what God's word says in his chukmah about if we do it God's way, how's it going to turn out? Okay, so, so I'm kind of excited. This is really cool. And today, we've just kind of taken a portion of a lot of teaching found in Proverbs and throughout Scripture. And today, I want to capitalize on one specific idea. Okay, and this one specific idea on what does a good life look like revolves around truth and humility. Okay, 
So this first message on one particular topic is about truth and humility. And everywhere you look throughout Scripture, these two things bring the wisdom of God to walk in truth and to walk in humility. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. I just think we should pray. Ready? Father, we love you. We thank you for today. Pray that you would use me. Bless me. Father, you know, sometimes when I'm, I'm praying in my office or in the middle of the night, just getting woke up, I just think about that one person who's never heard this before in their entire life. We understand truth. We understand humility. But to look through it, through your eyes, that's where true wisdom comes from. So, Lord, I pray that you would use me today to speak your word. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So humility and truth, they have enemies. Okay? And let's talk about those enemies real quick. The enemies of truth and humility are deception, lies, and pride. These three things are, are worth talking about. And in fact, to point out a lot of Proverbs' wisdoms on truth and humility, it kind of takes the negative route to see the positive route. And to give you an idea on how big a deal truth and humility are to God, and how important it is in every aspect of receiving the kingdom of God in our life, let's take a look at Proverbs, okay? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19 says this, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Recently at Cowboy Junction, our Iron Man group meets every Thursday at 6.30 in the morning. Okay? It's a really fascinating group of men of all different ages, and we just get together, drink coffee, and then I head off to work right after. We just got through reading the entire book of Proverbs, I mean proverb for proverb, and then discussing it. And it was really cool. It was really fun. Some of them grab your attention. Some kind of, you kind of just roll right over but this Proverbs is one that we actually read as a group. And it says two things that you have to stop and pause because if there's anything you can do in Proverbs is you can just kind of rattle them off and not get the depth of wisdom behind it. First of all, it says this, truthful lips endure forever. It's trying to get you in on the idea that if you are really going to walk in truth, these are the kind of things that leave a legacy in your life. Let me, let me tell you real quick. A lot of times when you talk about people, hey, listen, tell the truth. They say, so you want me to tell my wife exactly what's going on in my head whenever she asks me how I look in this dress? I'm saying we're talking about truth, not stupidity, okay? So just slow down. And we're talking about this kind of truth to it's very easy. It's very easy to be deceptive and to lie, have a lying tongue only for the moment. And that is what we begin to see in the teachings of Proverbs. Yeah, if, if you want to take a moment to win the argument with a lie. If you want to take a moment and get past something with a lie. You're only going to benefit for it temporarily. But it does affect you in the legacy you live. Because one of the things I've noticed as a parent, I don't know if any other parents have experienced this, but your kids are watching. And, and I think that's one of the scariest things about being a parent. Is that in your mind, it just makes sense. Just to, just to lie and be done with it. 
And then you see your kids say, okay, I can do that too, Dad. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait, you saw that? And you would never want your kid to do what you just did. This is just kind of, I'm just kind of baiting this. This is what Proverbs says. The next Proverbs, Proverbs 12, verse 22, it says this, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. And now we begin to see the chukmah come about to where God is saying, okay, if this is how you want to do things, I can't go with you. If this is the direction you want to take your life, is this, if this is the direction you want to take your mouth, if this is the direction you want to take your thoughts, if this is the direction you want to take your intentions, I, I can't go with you. But those who act faithfully, they bring a delight to the Lord. Let me just kind of paint this picture on what a delight looks like. Have you ever had that person in your life to where, there could be a lot of people, but when that, when, when that person just walks in the door, it's like there's this, hey, when you see them. I, I hope that you have people like that in your life. What about when you get that phone call and you see their name pop up on the screen? And it's just like, oh, hey, and you can't wait to answer this because it, it starts off with a, what's up? Or, you know, it's just, hey, what are you doing? And, and, and the reason I bring, Heather, Heather's that kind of person for me. She's a delight. You've got people, it's, it's a delight to see them. A lot of people in this room, it's a delight when I see you walk into the door. And, and the reason why I want to bring this up is because this is the same reaction that God has towards his people who chooses who choose his wisdom to walk in. It's like, I know it was a tough call. I know, that was a, I know that your flesh was pulling you. I knew that all of your buddies would have done it this way, but you did it this way. You know how much delight it brought when you chose the thread of wisdom to just walk in the truth, to not walk deceitfully, to not walk as a liar, to not bring a shadow of 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 deception and arrogance into the room, but to walk in as a complete blessing to me and those around you, you didn't think of yourself. You thought about how this was going to honor me. You know what a delight you are to me? And I want you to just think about this for a minute. If at any point in this message today, anybody sits back and goes, man, I just don't think I'm that delight. I feel like more of an abomination. Stop. This isn't to bring guilt and shame. This is to just bring a course correction to want what God wants for our life. Okay, next scripture I'm going to show you. Has anybody ever just wondered, what, is, what are the things that God doesn't like? Okay, and, and this may be a little on the negative side, but this is, this is what Proverbs does. It shines a light for all of us to be able to stop and pause and say, do I want to choose God's way or do I want to do it my way? And this is a fascinating portion of Scripture from a man who's really thought a lot of, and has gained a lot of wisdom from God. He says this, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, okay? Haughty eyes, just thinking highly of themselves. Just, just there is no wrong in me. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. It's very interesting. We all know what that is. But remember that we're supposed to just get six, possibly seven. And the, first, the second one's lying tongue. Pay attention real close. And hands that shed innocent blood. By the way, that is not something God messes around with. He does not like it when someone takes advantage 
of somebody who's weaker. Okay, you could preach a whole message on that. A heart that devises wicked plans. Okay, just puts schemes together. God, God can't stand that. Okay, but then it says this: feet that make hasty run to eat and run to evil, and then a false witness who breathes out lies. Okay, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Okay, that last one. So everybody that you just felt like that last church you went to when two brothers just went at it, uh, brothers in the Lord went at it. It wasn't God's best, and um, you know they're they're, they're going to hurt, you know, inwardly from that. This is not things God delights in. But the thing I want you to see real closely is there's two that are very much alike. That's how much God cannot stand deceitfulness. And it's how much I think today is so important for us to stop and pause and think for a minute. How are we going to do things? Because in the world we live in today, the gray area has gotten a lot bigger. There was a time in your life, there was a time in my life, I don't know if any of the uh, new generation has experienced this, but I think you probably have, when it was kind of easier to choose between right and wrong, black and white. Now there's this big gray area, kind of one of those deals, if you get away with it and you're not hurting anybody, okay, or maybe you just hurt one person, everybody just hurts one person. But everybody else thinks I'm great, and it's this awkwardness that I want you to stop and pause and realize that the gray area has gotten so much wider. And the question that I want to present today, and it's something that I think we all are here tonight for, what does a good life look like? And if you want God to truly be in your life, to direct your life, if you truly want God to lead you into the blessings that he has for your life, deceitfulness and lying are never God's best. And tonight's message is one of those things we can have an opportunity to just go, you're right, and we can turn around. But the dangerous part is, is that a lot of us don't realize just how big this is. And probably the best scripture to show us how big this is, is Luke. The great thing about this is a New Testament scripture. So now we're talking New Testament Jesus here. And it says this, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Okay? Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. And I think one of the really big aha moments that in a way should really kind of scare you to your knees is every thought will be judged someday. Every action, everything will not stay in the corners hidden forever. And it's this incredible opportunity we have to stop and pause and realize that just because we've washed it away, doesn't mean it's washed away. We have to stop and pause and think that what rescues a person then? If our life has been nothing but deception, if it's been nothing but a lie after a lie after a lie, is there any hope for any of us? And the answer to that question is absolutely. Do you not think that our Father in heaven, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, and we ask him to forgive us of our sins. Do you not think our Father can wipe away and wash away with the blood of Jesus 
every sin. So that when judgment comes, what's happened in before the blood, what happened before our relationship with Jesus, stays in the past. And you can have an opportunity to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And let me just tell you something real quick. And this is really, you're talking to one of the best liars of all time. And the dangerous thing about being the pastor is that uh, i got to preach to myself first. Okay? And let me tell you what, 16, 17, 18-year-old Tybean was quite the little deceiver because when you've got a great smile and a great personality and your mother's Maggie Bean who prays all the time, it just makes it easier to lie. And you can lie to teachers really good. And you can lie to your youth pastor really good. And you can lie to your, you can lie to your mom really good. Hey, let me just tell you, I, I, pretty good little lie. I had to fess up to my mom the other day um, because she, she came home early from a trip, a day early, by the way, to bust a party that she assumed that I was having at the house. And I, I, I'm 46 years old, and I just felt like I needed to go to my mom and say, hey, I want you to know that uh, you were spot on. There was a big old party at my house. Um, but I was smart enough to not use the dumpster for all the beer bottles behind our house. I went two blocks over. And she said, no, you didn't. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. But I, I, just, I just feel like I needed to tell you. <laughs> and, and let me just say, she said, how did you think of that? And I said, mom, I was a pretty good little liar. And, and I tell you that story to kind of lighten it up a little bit because I want you to know that, that when I gave my life to Jesus, there, there is this little bit in me that likes to be a little deceptive. I like, I like to kind of figure out how to do things and sneak around the long way. I'm a shortcut kind of guy. Did you know that, Hudson? <laughs> now listen, I am a shortcut kind of guy. If I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm not for working harder. I'm, I'm like for finding the easiest way to do it and let's get it done. And <clears throat> this has worked against me in trying to live for God. And it's one of these things that I've had to stop and pause. And when faith begins to grow inside of me, the first thing that comes up is the Father knocking on the door of my heart and saying, hey, how you doing? I say, hey, I almost got your project done. And he goes, you know the goal of the project was never for you to do it. It was for us to do it together. I, I thought you were just wanting me to get the job done. Because I can, man, I can, I can jump in there and I can get it done for you, God. And man, sometimes it's, it's, it's the sneaky little ways. And the father turns and says, yeah, it was never to get it done. It was always to do it through you. And can I say something else? God's ways are always slower than my ways. And that has been one of the hardest things on an ADD kid. Just, it takes too long to tell the truth, God. It takes too hard to work that hard. It takes too hard to study. It takes too long to study that hard. And deception can come quite easily to me. Let me show you some things that I've really worked hard on to bring to you guys today. Here's one of the points, okay? Pride opens the door to deception. Remember I told you many of the enemies of truth okay, and humility are pride and deception? Pride 
is the first thing that I find works against what God's trying to do in my life. The pride of, I can do it better. The pride of, I can do it faster. The pride of, um, you know, no one has to know. The pride of, they owe me and I don't owe them. The pr- it's just this big pride. And I can walk around being so full of myself. And I hope my honesty with, with you because this is, the, man, who wants a pastor that deals with pride? But I hope me expressing how this is what Holy Spirit talks to me about is become humble. Kind of break some shell, old hard shell on you to say you'll never know God's best if, you're, if you stay a prideful person. Because let me show you something. Some of the most prideful people I've ever met dealt with insecurity the most. I have been around some of the toughest guys on the outside and see some of their dumb decisions of deception and lies just because of insecurity. And let me just tell you, God can never build you if we continue to doubt what's been done in us. If you continue to struggle on the inside. And the fact is, is that this insecurity will always bring pride and pride will always bring insecurity and humility will always bring truth. When we finally just drop our guard, fall on our knees and we ask the Father to guide our life, He will. But He can't if we're here. Okay? Uh, in fact, yesterday I said something that I was really nervous about saying, but it went good for three services and I'm really shooting for four. You ready? Okay. A lot of wives know what it's like to raise a man-child. You're 100% man. You can vote with the best of them. You run a great big business, and you are definitely uh, head of the household. But when it comes down to your heart, you're still a big old kid. And yesterday, after saying that, I was over here in the corner praying for people and a man walked up and he says, I think I'm raising a baby mama. And I thought that was, I said, wait, wait, that, that, that has another definition, you know, what are you talking about? And he goes, my wife is a grown woman, but her insecurity is so overwhelming in our marriage. It kills our passion. It kills our joy. It kills everything God wants to do. Because she is a definite mama. She has brought life into this world. She is a woman. But she is just another kid I'm raising. And he says, to tell you the truth, it's just pride. She won't change for anybody. She's going to do it her way. And that's the dangerous thing. God can't use a man-child. And God can't use a baby mama. You know what I'm talking about, a baby mama. Like you're a baby, but you're a mama, okay? But sometimes that's where he has to start. And when we humble ourselves before our God and we say, I have been that man-child. And Father, it's a pressure my wife didn't deserve. And you'll never give me your best if I stay where I'm at. Let me show you one more thing. You got pride and security, and it will always lead to a lie. It will always lead to a lie. You will believe a lie. You'll start just believing a lie and believing a lie until the lie becomes a truth in your life, but your life is just a lie. And this is not God's best for your life. 
It isn't. So it brings me to my next point. It's this. Pride always brings regret. But if pride brings regret, humility always brings God's best. Let me just stop and just tell you, the best way to approach God on something that you truly believe He can do in your life, it doesn't start with a request. It starts with a posture. When God wants to do something in our life, and you really see the chukmah of life, and how a good choice, God, a God choice leads to a good life, it doesn't start with going, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it God's way. Let me stop something. Why don't you start like this? And when we humble ourselves before the Lord, we will know God's best. Before I write a message, I spend some time in my room just humble before Him. I can easily start listening to messages. I can easily start studying. I can easily start writing down my ideas. But I don't want to get ahead of God, and I just want to humble myself. Pride always brings regret. Let me wrap this up and show you guys something real quick. And I want to just, 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 just tell you, can I, can I throw this in there? The last five years, for whatever reason, Heather and I have been through some of our friends and our families' darkest moments. Okay. And so this message about humility and truth it's very important to Heather and I. And let me just tell you real quick. I wish I could tell you everything. And maybe someday I can. If you've been on this journey with us, you know the story. But let me just tell you real quick. We have seen some of the people closest to us. Okay? Some of the people closest to us go completely insane. And when I say insane, I mean checked into a mental institution all the dark things that we've gone through. And, and let me just back up here, okay? How did that happen? How did that, how did that happen? It all was because they just kept burying a lie. And they just kept pushing a lie down. And they just kept living a lie. And they just kept thinking, I'm going to live for God with all of my heart, but I'm going to keep these secrets over here. I'm going I'm to go to church. I'm going to raise my hands. And I'm going to worship God, but I'm going to keep these secrets over here. And pride just said, I can manage this. I can do this. I can, I can play this dance. And then one year goes by, and two years go by, and five years go by, and ten years go by. And let me just stop and tell you, God, God will not be mocked. And I don't mean that like he doesn't love you. In fact, let me just tell you this. God, God will humble you. But God doesn't humble you because he hates you. God doesn't humble you because he hates you. God humbles you because he loves you. And that's what we saw, see God do. Let me tell you the end story. Okay? The moment that this person just humbled themselves and came to God and just confessed everything. Confessed to everyone he loved. Just told everything that happened. It was the most spontaneous, amazing moment where the pressure just came off his shoulders. In his mind, it was like the fog released. And instantly, things began to turn around. And, and that's the power of humility and truth. When it turns around. And, and if you were to go ask him right now, was it worth it? He would say, I got my life back. 
and look at scripture over and over again where kings were eating grass in the field like a wild animal because their mighty throne God said I will I will humble you and see if you won't come back to me and and from just craziness they humbled themselves before God he turned it around God doesn't want to humble you because he hates you God just wants you to come back home for his plan that he has for your life let me show you this real quick this is a story about Jesus Jesus heals a blind man spits on the ground puts mud together puts it on a guy's eyes the guy can see but the Pharisees are freaking out okay and they're freaking out because they they, they want to bust Jesus on technicalities they could care less that the guy can see they can care less that it was Jesus who healed him they want to bust him for healing on the Sabbath Okay? And there's a very important point I want to make at the end of this. Okay? Let me show you a little bit of the details. It says this, But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of them who had received the sight. So the guy who has been healed, they've interviewed him, they've grilled him. How did he heal you? How, well, how did he heal you? He goes, man, I don't know. All I know is that this Jesus healed me. And they go, but how did he do it? I don't know how he did it. All I know is I couldn't see and now I see. But they weren't satisfied with his answers. So they go to the next group of people. Bring your parents in. We want to ask them, okay? So it says, and they asked him saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? Then, then how then does he see? And his parents answered them. You know that this is our son. We know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't even know. He is of age. Why don't you ask him? He will speak for himself. So his parents even says, gosh, he's a grown man. Ask him how. Don't ask us. This is, there's a reason why I'm reading all this, okay? Verse 24. So they again called the blind man in and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. We know that Jesus is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? They don't care who healed him. They care how. Did he do it on a Sunday? Why, how did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already, and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And then he throws a little jab in there. Do also. You want to become his disciples? And that's a ooh moment, okay? But there's a reason I'm reading the backstory to this, okay? Then they finally go get Jesus. So the Pharisees pull Jesus in, and this is how it goes down. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, and therefore your sin remains. Why is this such a big deal? Why do I close with it today? Because what Jesus turns to him and says, if you were blind, 
it's the beginning of the humility to say, Father, I can't see. And with that kind of humility, I came to bring sight. But for all of you that come to me and say, I can see just fine, I can see just fine, you don't really realize how blind you are. And it brings up my last and final point. This one. Pride can cause spiritual blindness. Pride. But if pride can cause spiritual blindness, humility is the very thing that causes us to see only the things that God can show us. So, it's chukmah. And we talked about the thread that God put the universe together. Wisdom. And when we begin to line our lives up with Him, we find that we work with God and not against God. And when we begin to find that humility and truth will always take us to God's best, that's what a good life looks like. So we're going to wrap this up, and I want to pray for you. So can I just get everybody, everybody just bow your head. Father, all over this room are people that I care dearly about. In fact, Father, there could be somebody right now on our online campus that's attending. And the reason why I've asked everybody to just bow their head because we're going to take a couple seconds here in a minute to really start a healing in our heart. And it's the healing of arrogance. And it starts with humility when we just come to you and say, Father, forgive me. And right now, Lord, I just begin to pray that you would begin to speak to us about some things that perhaps we've let stay as a staple in our life for way too long. And we've become pretty arrogant about it. And it's not your best. Pride can come in many forms. But humility comes in one. When we reach out and we ask you to forgive us. So Lord, we're going to just take a second and we're just going to start talking to you. So guys, listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, why don't underneath your breath, and maybe if you're sitting by somebody it's just so awkward, why don't you just, well, just kind of think and pray and however it is that you need to do it right now, why don't you just step out in humility and just start talking to, to God about some things that just been too prideful and deceitful for way too long. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you just need to be honest and say, God, that's a that's kind of a don't touch zone in my life. I like to keep that a secret. That's between me and me. And I'll never know your best. I really don't know what you want to do with it, but I'm willing to talk to you about it right now. Why don't you just talk to him? What do, we, what do we do about this, Father? Maybe there was a poor choice made and you're just trying to move on. What if you just stop? Just, why don't you just go to the Father and say, I, I'm sorry. He's not angry at you. He's just super sad. 
Because how are you ever going to know his best? How can he ever show you his best? If you got this one, let it go. Talk to him about it. Father, forgive me. Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're serious about this God thing, okay? If you're serious about this God thing, let me say this real quick. You ready? It's time to pull the curtains back. There was some time in my life, and I didn't know what to do with all this junk I was going through. So I, I called a trusted friend. And I said, this is me letting somebody in to take a look at an area of my life that I really don't know what to do with. And you know what? It, it, it was humbling. But it was exciting at the same time because it meant that now there's no secrets. Pulling the covers back. Pulling the, pulling the curtains back. And letting God in. I've never talked to you about this. What do you do? How, how do we get past this? Let me tell you. Let the light in. Let the light in. The darkness has to flee when you let the light in. And it's not an overnight fix. It's a process. So let's process, up, process this out. That make sense? Our prayer team is here. And they would love nothing more than to pray with you. If today you would go, I know my issue. I don't know Jesus. And I would, I need Jesus. I'm going to be over here in the corner. I'd love to pray for you. Talk about humility when you just walk up and you go, I need a complete do-over. Heck yeah! We've all been there. Talk about cur turn, pulling the curtains back. Let's just tear the whole house down and start over. What if? Let's stand on our feet. Next week is going to be a really exciting message. We got something really cool planned, and you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about one more area of what it does a good life look like, and it's about community, okay? We got something really cool planned. Come join us. Cowboy Junction, it's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you guys, and have a great week in the Lord. See you later.